0: Seven o'clock. How you doing, Pyle? Jim Davis, along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bizarth Miller Chevrolet Duke Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Abs get a shootout win last night over the Islanders. Last time they played, Abs were up three nothing, and into the losing five to four. They get a gritty one to nothing shootout win last night. Evan Rodriguez with the goal for the Avalanche, and Alexander Georgiev with a big night between the pipes for Jared Bednar's team. Busy night and day today on the team. Nuggets and Grizzlies. Big matchup with Jai Morant, Nikola Jokic going at it tonight. And then, of course, you have the famous Potato Bowl. Yeah. Eastern Michigan against San Jose State at 130 today. And uh, yesterday, your Cure Bowl winner, we had a little Technical snafu at the end of the game, and our apologies for that. But uh, your winner yesterday was Marshall taking down UConn, Jamora Mora, and UConn uh, losing to Marshall 28-14 You have yesterday. a
1: gambling problem.
0: If you're putting money on the Cure Bowl, Yeah, Yeah, you, you probably do. You might have a little problem there. Just uh, They cover, you know, Call that number. They, they cover.
2: They may have lost, but did they cover?
0: But did they cover it?
2: little knee twitch
0: sure or gary was like oh oh man yeah he was probably dialed in yesterday i'm yeah. sure so we have a lot to get to today um the broncos have been better offensively the last two games yeah brett ripping baby well, and also the Kansas City game too. Let's let's. He, he, to be
2: fair, he uh, engineered a touchdown pass on the uh,
0: that that game. Well, he he did. Yeah. But Russell Russell Wilson also had three touchdown passes that day too. So let's um, you know, let's let's, let's, let's give Russ in the way of a good story. Let's let's give Russ some credit, okay? Yeah. That's right. yeah. Why'd we do that?
2: Doesn't fit into the narrative.
0: What? Let's ride. No, no. Giving Russ credit. Oh, give. Okay. So, the question is this, and it's it's a little feeling that I'm starting to get. I don't know if I like this feeling I'm starting to get. <laughs> I'm getting a feeling that Hack it might still be here next year. I don't. Yeah. I'm starting to get that feeling that. That they're starting to make some things happen here offensively. Of course, the defense has been huge. They've had six turnovers the last two games mm-hmm. that they forced. Well, might be building something here, and I'm just, I'm just getting that gnawing feeling that I get, I got with Vance Joseph four with, points north of twenty, or with, four games with, north of twenty points with Vic year. Fangio. That ooh, maybe next year will be different, right? Yeah. Well, we just got here. Let's let's give everybody a year. Yeah, I, I'm. I just got that gnawing feeling mm-hmm. that that could end up happening. Even though Hackett sounded Sunday, even though they won, sounded like he sounded dead, man a little walking. dead man
2: walking. Yeah, yeah,
0: dead coach walking. Yesterday, he was far more chipper. Think there was some kind of conversation from that post game on Sunday. To the presser yesterday where it's like nathaniel we believe in you
1: mm-hmm.
0: we feel like you're gonna get this turned around you're, you're gonna have another year to to get this turned around i i don't know that to be true that's pure
2: that's just speculation a it's just yeah. a
0: feeling i get and th- that he got some kind of reassurance over the weekend between the win and and yesterday the
2: dreaded vote of confidence
0: yeah that if they go out, play well, don't necessarily have to win the next three, but go out and play well. That say they take two out of three, and play well at Kansas City, mm-hmm. lose a, another close one. That this ownership group, the Walton Pinner group, goes, yeah, okay, let's let, let's give him one more year, let's see what he can do. Let's see what happens with, if this team's healthier. The offensive line gets revamped. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. Let's see what 2023 looks like with him as the head coach. There's just that part of me that has that feeling. So the question I'm throwing out today, who do you think will be the coach in 2023? Who do you want to be the coach in 2023 for the Broncos?
2: I kind of want Nathaniel Hackett.
0: Of course you do. Well, and that's not just... Mr. Schadenfreude? No,
2: but you know as well as I do, because we talk about it, this show is better and (laughs) a lot easier to do when the Broncos are bad.
0: Yeah, but I also like doing the show when they're good, too. I know you do, because you're a fan. I know. But I'm
2: I'm talking strictly for content purposes. I know
0: what you're saying, that people like to complain more than they like to... To applaud
2: people like I hate praise. that guy. People don't text man. I love this guy. This guy's great. Unless it's Peyton Manning, and then you get the well or Tim we, Tebow or Tim Tebow. We fell to eleven and four <laughs> on the season, but it's this is still with. my team. These are still my still guys. Still there. I'm gonna ride with them till we die or until six and ten, and then I'm out. Right. So <laughs> the show is better with Nathaniel Hack. I, I know we
0: talked coach. about that.
2: So I'm gonna say Nat
0: Hack. I still want Frank Reich. I think they need a veteran head coach, an mm-hmm. you know, offensive-minded coach. And, and I've talked to people the last couple of days, have been going around yeah. dropping off Christmas goodies to people. And I keep, Sean Payton's name keeps coming up. What about Sean Payton? What about Sean Payton? you got to trade for Sean Payton. Yeah. His and rights
2: are still owned by the Saints for like yeah. two more years.
0: And, you're, and you're, draft, you're, you're, you're draft capital poor right now. And, and yeah. so, what are you going to offer the Saints to get those draft rights? Russ? <laughs> Maybe. I, probably. I don't think Saints are well, going to take King of
2: the offense, Brett Rippin, to run things. You could, and the Saints will take it. Well, let's They'll not like, forget no. they,
0: they invest a lot of money in Taysom Hill, too. So, yeah. which, Who's not kind, also playing quarterback of, for them. Kind either. of, sort of, their quarterback? Yeah. Depending on... What the down and distance. Exactly. I just think Reich makes a lot of sense. How about for the first time in a while, over your last three head coaches, you have a guy that's actually been a head coach in this league? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe, let's let's try that and see how that works. Look how how it's working with Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. Yeah. Works pretty well when you have a guy that's been there, done that, has won a Super Bowl. Mm Mm-hmm. Which Reich was on that staff, was not the yeah. head coach, but Who he was, was the O.C. Who was his O.C.? OC? Frank yeah. Reich. He was his O.C.? Frank Reich.
2: He got Nick Foles, the Super Bowl MVP.
0: Yeah. Because so he's the
2: quarterback of the winning team.
0: So imagine, well, but imagine what he could do with Russell Wilson. And that people are going to say, well, look what happened to the Colts. Well, there are a lot of things that went on there. And I, I just think that it wasn't all Frank Reich. Jim Irsay's an idiot, by the way. For those of you that don't know. Just joining us. <laughs> just, those are just tuning in. Yeah. Not a huge fan of Jim say I think Frank Reich in Denver makes a lot of sense. Now there's people say, well, what about Giro Vero? You're going to lose him. He could, he could be gone. You could lose him. Promising young head coach. I get that. I, I, I love the job he's done with the Broncos defense. And you have to hope he'll stay. Because that's one guy, if I'm, if I'm Frank Reich, Jiro, please stay stay and be my DC. Mm-hmm. At least give us another year or two, okay? At least another year. You will be a head coach in this league someday if you keep doing what you're doing. I just don't want to, once again, let's let's throw somebody in that's never been a head coach, that's barely been a coordinator in this league for not even a full season yet for a Jiro Viro. Let's let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. How about somebody that knows what they're doing be the head coach of this team? And so I throw it out to you today, Pyle. And if Sean Payton and Sean Payton, we'll just, we'll just do a little poll today. Be like a poll. Instead of pole poll dancing later on. Yeah. Top five NFL on our top five favorite sports Christmas gifts. And you can send that to, to us today as well. I know. I, gotta, I have to think
2: because I'm not a great rememberer of gifts guy.
0: From year to year to year, true. Well, yeah, you, so. you have some time. And if it's not five, if it's three, it's it's not like you're going. It's not like I'm going to take your birthday away or take all your Christmas presents away if yeah. you don't have five Buckeye. It's okay. I just
2: I'm I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember five Christmas gifts. Period. Period. Yeah, oh. I'm not not a great remember of gifts thing. That's partially my brain, partially not my brain.
0: Okay, I think right. I get that. But yeah, yeah. So, and this will be kind of like a poll today. You don't have to give great explanation. You can be Sean Payton. That's fine. But that's the kind of the temperature of the room here. What what direction are you going, Pyle? In the next head coach, is it Nathaniel Lackett stays? Sean Payton, Frank Reich, Dan Quinn, Ajero Vero. Who do you want, put this way, who do you want to see coaching the Broncos in 2023? That'll be the question. Who do you want? Not who do you think it'll be. Let's go with, let's go with once yeah. today as opposed to who you, who you think it'll I don't know. Right now, I'll be honest, I, I was 100% the other day certain that Hackett's done. The 18,000 no-shows, eh, makes me still think that's probably going to happen. Or d- there's a decent chance. But I i don't think it's as... I think at one point it was like about, in my mind, probably about 85%. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's more like about 75%, 70, that he gets canned. It's just a feeling I have. And I, it's... It's my coach get fired, Spidey sense. It just I get this feel. I just get this feeling. Patent pending. Yeah, that been here before with this. Where they're gonna fire him, right? He's gonna be gone, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't fire him. But then again, that was the old regime. And we don't know if the new boss is the same as the old boss because it's not the same mindset with right. with the Walton Pinner Group. We don't know if they're going to have the. Well,
2: we need a little patience. We can't turn over the staff every year. There's a little bit with Joe Ellis of the – and before him a little bit with John Elway. I'm not wrong. There's no way I could possibly be wrong. This guy is the right choice. We just need another year to show you.
0: They can't be right or wrong because they 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 didn't didn't pick him. Right. So they're like, we're not on the hook for this. That's what I mean. We didn't hire this guy. George Payton, you hired this guy. Joe Ellis, you guys hired him. We didn't hire him. And Greg Pinner can go, if we want to go a different direction, we don't have a problem with that. Doesn't doesn't hurt our our ego. Right. Because there's no ego to be hurt on this. So just get like a poll day. Who do you want to be the Broncos' next head coach? Hackett, Dan Quinn, Frank Reich, Giro Vero, Sean Payton. Is there, is there another name out there? Lincoln Riley. Mark Hizzle wants Lincoln Riley.
2: Uh, you can want in one hand and you know what in the other. Yeah. Hands. See which one's going to fill up. I remember me. at one
0: point Matt Campbell, Iowa State, Matt Campbell's name. There were people that, not so the Broncos, but. Yeah,
2: and bring in Brock Purdy. Yeah. Get this <laughs> well, thing rolling. Well. Get the band back together.
0: Little, seven little, and five worked for the Cyclones. A little, a little tougher right now to make that happen, I think. And he plays for San Francisco, dude. You know, you know it's that, that for work. now. For, for, <laughs> they
2: still got Trey Lance and Jimmy G kicking around there.
0: So you got some thoughts on that today, Dexter Collis nine seven zero. And like I said, your your favorite sports Christmas gifts you received over the years. Um, on two different occasions. I'm. Gonna, I'll bring this back later, mm-hmm. and I still have it my Mattel handheld football game and basketball game. Kinda bought me one because I my football game I you know was years and years ago. Lost it, whatever. And several years ago she bought me a new one, bought me a brand. Nice. And and so, like on road trips occasionally, travel with the Mavs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Take it along. Yeah. I should be probably reading and educating myself. I'd sit there and play not the whole time, but I'd play my electronic football game, mm-hmm. and I still love it. I remember my parents got me one when I was probably in, let's say, late elementary, probably probably junior high, I think I got it, and loved it. And so that's, that's something that I, that I loved it so much, Kendi got me another one years ago. Nice. And, um, and so if you got something like that today... That um, you know, me just Christmas gift, sports related Christmas gift. Maybe you got one of those hutch football uniforms when you were a kid. Always wanted one mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, but didn't get one until I finally got my first actual real football uniform when I was yeah. in sixth grade, playing Mesa County Junior Football for Errol Snyder. Then go out and play with the boys in the neighborhood in your own Man. uniform. <laughs> and well, no, it's my my big brother Bob. Oh. Who I I suit up right? Okay, quick story. I'll deviate for just a moment. Off in the ditch for a moment. Sixth grader mm-hmm. playing for the the Fruit of Browns. Yeah, and and actually, is had a Cleveland Browns jersey at one time. I'm sure you're thrilled to hear that. And and so I, I I put my uniform on for the first time. I go out in the front yard and I'm running around. Bob's throwing me the football and stuff, and I feel cool. I got my I got my uniform on. Yeah. Until Bob decides to tackle me. And I was not a small sixth grader, but I was not expecting my brother, my adult brother, to run up and just Ronnie Lot me. Kinda like Atwater and Krishna Coy, though I was really not like Krishna Coy. <laughs> but he hit it me. It looked like, like the,
2: Chandler and Mac Jones, didn't it?
0: But he kinda it was kinda like that where Bob hits me. Knocks me on my butt, and I mm-hmm. bruised three of my ribs, Ooh. and so I had to go to practice and try to cut it out. All Ace bandaged up, mm-hmm. and Coach Snyder's like, "You you okay?" I'm like, "Well, my my brother. I put my uniform on. And my brother hit me really hard the other day, and so uh, yeah, that was." My first time, I put my football uniform on, and but see if I would have had the Hutch uniform earlier, mm-hmm. I would, like would have been prepared. I would have been prepared to see. I, I blame you would my, have wrecked you more as an <laughs> elementary schooler. Exactly, and I would have been crying like. And it wouldn't the
2: novelty of him doing like,
0: that would have worn off. I would have been like uh, on the Mannings when when Peyton's crying when yeah. Cooper and his and his uh, buddy truck Peyton Manning when he's a little mm-hmm. kid. Yep, I would have been me out there crying in my Broncos Hutch uniform. Crying like a babe. we babe. Mm-hmm. All right. 717. So text or call us today. 970-242-1340 Chick fil A breakfast team phone line. It's time for. What's happening? All right. Start things out. Can you uh, give me some music, Maestro? Since got the W last night. Thank you. A clutch shootout goal from Evan Rodriguez and a big night net from Alexander Georgiev. Love the Avalanche to a one nothing win with the New York Islanders Monday night at Ball Arena. Georgie have turned back 26 shots, and the Avs win.
1: I love the commitment in our game tonight. I thought the guys were checking hard, got better as the game went on, and I thought both goalies were really good tonight. And Georgie, again, shines in the shootout real patient. I mean, he he just looks sharp right from the get-go tonight again.
0: Colorado coach Jared Bednar. The win gives the Avs the season's blow with the Islanders as Colorado moves to 16-11-2 and two on the season. Colorado hosts Montreal tomorrow night on the team with pregame at 5.30. Don't forget Connor McGehee will join us tomorrow morning Right around 8.40 right here on the team. He'll have the call tomorrow night of the Avs and the Canadians. Another other avalanche news, Colorado traded left winger Dryden Hunt to Toronto for center Dennis Malgin. Hunt has scored two goals with 15 penalty minutes in 28 games with Colorado. The 25-year-old Malgin has two goals and two assists in 23 games with with the Maple Leafs. The Broncos continue their preparations for Sunday's Christmas Day matchup with the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. Both teams have delivered below expectations with each at 4-10. and 10. Russell Wilson will be back at quarterback, and Coach Nathaniel Hackett hopes he'll have wide receiver Cortland Sutton back as well. We are definitely hoping for Cortland. Uh, it's a hamstring, so we want to be smart with it. Been dealing with these quite a bit this year, so we don't want anything to be re-aggravated. But he's been working really hard. Our training staff has done a great job to make him potentially available for this week. Rams played Monday Night Football last Tonight. they lost to Green Bay 24-12 to 12 in Green Bay. A.J. Dillon had two rushing touchdowns for the Packers. Broncos at the Rams this Sunday on the Team Sports Network with pregame at noon and a 2.30 kickoff. Denver Nuggets, so we'll preview their matchup with Memphis coming up a little bit. They take on the Grizzlies tonight, pregame at 7.30 on the team. And it's more bowl action today on the team. The famous Potato Bowl from Boise, Idaho, Eastern Michigan against San Jose State. That starts at one. Thirty today. Rockies fan favorite Connor Joe's been traded back to the team that originally drafted him. Colorado dealt the utility man to Pittsburgh for minor league right-handed pitcher Nick Garcia. Joe played in 174 games for the Rockies the last two seasons. He overcame testicular cancer to make Colorado's opening day roster. Garcia is set to go to Double A after two strong seasons at High A in the Pirates' minor league system. New Colorado football coach Deion Sanders has added two transfer players and a commit from a three-star wide receiver, former Clemson linebacker Levante Bentley, and Kent State offensive tackle Savion Washington have announced their transfer into the Buffaloes. Bentley played in 40 games and picked up 73 tackles with the Tigers. Washington started 10 games at Kent State, a right tackle. He played for new CU offensive line coach Bill O'Boyle when the two were at Kent State. O'Boyle was previously the head coach at Chadron State before coming to Cotterbury Mesa to work on former coach Russ Martin's staff. Both Bentley and Washington have two years of eligibility left. Three-star wide receiver Jacob Page of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, has committed to CU. He received 17 scholarship offers uh, from Washington, Virginia Tech, and seven other Power 5 schools. And that's a look at...
2: What's happening?
0: All right, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth-Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, some sound from the avalanche win last night over the Islanders and preview Nuggets and the Grizzlies. That's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.
2: Fill your cup with holiday hoops cheer on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Team.
0: Merry Christmas all 724 Jim along with the Buckeye boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios most trusted name in automobiles who do you want to be the Broncos next head coach Stan Pat with Nathaniel Hackett no maybe you don't want to do that Frank Reich or Sean Payton or somebody else send that to us today Also, your favorite sports Christmas gifts you received over the years. Maybe a new set of clubs. Back in the day, a brand new baseball glove. Basketball. Text your call us today, 970-242-1340 on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. So, uh, the Avalanche get the win last night over the Islanders. And one of the interesting stories of last night's game was Gail McCarr. McCar was the back of Colorado's net when he fell to the ice, and Islanders forward uh, Matthew Barzal had been, you know, chasing McCar from behind, and he stuck his stick out. It. it looked like he hooked McCar. Officials stopped play to call the penalty, but McCar started waving his gloves and shaking his head at the official. He was telling the official, "You can't call a penalty there on him." I just slipped and fell down. That's all I did. He didn't have anything to do with it. Uh huh. And so, (laughs) Kale McCarr, you know, telling the official, don't call that. And McCarr said, and this is in the post, I felt a lot more guilty about doing that than probably I would have. If I had said nothing, I don't know if it's something that I'll do again. I kind of saved the refs there. You can't go parallel on a guy's body around the net like that, but at the same time, he didn't get my feet at all. I just tripped. That was one of the toughest things I've ever done. I don't think it'll happen again. It would have been unfortunate if we didn't get the point in this game. He said he apologized to his teammates afterwards. So Here's Jared Bednar on Kale McCarr saying, you know, confessing that Mm -hmm. that there was no hooky and there was no penalty there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just kind of shows you who Kale is. You know, he didn't think that they deserved a penalty, that he slipped. And he, you know, I don't know the whole interaction, but typical Kale, (laughs) you know.
0: Evan Rodriguez was the hero last night, (laughs) scored the shootout goal. He, Man, if they lose, though... Yeah, it's, yeah no kidding. It's, Jared can laugh now. Because they, they won. Yeah. But Evan Rodriguez was asked if they were going to give Makar a bunch of grief. Yes, they should. No, they're not. Because he oh. said, you're not giving Kale crap. It's Kale McCar. Well, he's maybe I'm, not. I'm sure not doing it.
2: Yeah. He's not. But there's a couple of guys in that room that probably have...
0: You, you, you this look, way to do it a little bit. You know, even though McKinnon wasn't suited up or anything, you know McKinnon.
2: Oh, yeah. He's probably what are, what are you his doing? Anything for an advantage, Nathan McKinnon guy.
0: Landy, what are you doing? Yeah, Landy texting from home. Kale, what are you doing? Setting the kids down to text
2: Kale McCarr. <laughs> you dork.
0: Thank goodness it didn't come back to bite him the butt. That's true. But uh, the Avalanche get the win last night. Evan Rodriguez with the goal in the shootout and Alexander Georgiev, standing on his head last night. 26 saves for the Avalanche. Here's Georgiev on a stellar night against the Islanders. Yeah, I felt like uh, it's not often that the game is uh, kind of 0-0 and uh, I felt like we we played really good defense uh, second and third period. They didn't have too much uh, going on and
2: I just had to uh, be sharp and do my job and and not worry about what's happening on the other
1: end. feel pretty good about 0-0 game in the third so i uh, just try to be in there and keep keep the score uh, zero for them
0: he's lived up to expectations hasn't he i, I really yeah. think that he's yeah he's been really good he's been exactly what they were looking for when they made that deal to get him uh, i do love in the post article comparing what mccarr did to like if the caravan buffaloes would have turned to the officials during the Missouri game and said, "No, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, <laughs> no. We got a punt. That's 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 five downs. Uh-huh. No, we can't do that." Oh, it, it's pretty, pretty it's good stuff. Only because
2: they won. If they lost, and it's like, well, he declined a chance at a power play. It's like, oh man, come on.
0: Oh, Kale, what are you doing? Yeah,
2: it's only can... because they won.
0: And it's Kale McCarr.
2: And it's Kale McCarr.
0: Because <laughs> even if they would have lost, he would have mm-hmm. got some grief nationally, but it would have been yeah, but it's still Kale McCarr. Right. He's still, if not the best defenseman, one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Yeah, well I we'll, we'll, we'll let slide on that one.
2: It's pre Christmas. I get it, but
0: let's not be that charitable. Man,
2: yeah. I mean, come on. You're fourth in the division right now. You're you know, eight points back of the lead,
0: and you're going to get healthier here you're soon.
2: Clinging to a playoff spot right now
0: Yeah. <laughs> in December, routes. Yeah, but still, I mean, yeah, yeah I know you it's, don't want
2: it to get out of control. Anything you, you can a, do to start a winning streak,
0: keep it in striking distance. And you they've know. now won back-to-back games on this right. five-game home stretch. You're not so. going to have
2: to see the Islanders anymore. I don't think. I think you're done. Yeah, with that.
0: that's a They lost totally, five to four. Yeah. They. Prior to the win last night, that was the one they had the 3 nothing lead and the Avalanche mm-hmm. couldn't hold the 3 nothing lead against yeah. them.
2: You can screw them. Nobody cares. Yeah. Even Islanders fans, like 18 of them out there, nobody cares.
0: Moving on. Oh, the, by, by the way, we'll have uh, Avalanche in Montreal tomorrow night yeah, and tomorrow. Connor McGahey on the show tomorrow as well. Uh, 5.30 for that one tomorrow night on the team Avs and Montreal. Also uh, moving on to their uh, Hardwood brethren in the Altitude family and the uh, – KSE family. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic named your Western Conference Player of the Week. What a shock. All he had was, what, 40 points? <laughs> and they came on Sunday? Yeah, that's, that's it. all. That's all he did.
2: 40, 27, and 11, I think it was.
0: Denver went 2-1 last week. Jokic averaged 36 points, 17 rebounds, 8 assists per game. And then he had the 40 points, the career-high, 27 rebounds, 10 assists, in the game against Charlotte, which... Once again it's another it's another game where you you go okay this is why people think that he's already the greatest player in Nuggets history. As he keeps at the moment like we did, debated the other day, mm-hmm. Alex English still deserves the credit from from a, from a stellar career. Jokic keeps doing this. It's going to be in, in another year or two we're going to say okay Alex English was great. But Nikola Jokic, now, now he's created separation mm-hmm. as far as those, those career numbers that we talked about with the scoring at six points per game that English has the career lead over Nikola Jokic. That that, that narrative will change over the next uh, couple of years if he keeps playing the way he's playing right now. So tonight you've got a Nuggets team that's 18-11. and 11. Grizzlies are 19-10. and 10. They are two of the top teams in the Western Conference right now. And uh, Nuggets are 6-4 and four of their last 10 games. Had a couple of tough losses on the road during that stretch. But uh, Nikola Jokic, um, by the way, that player of the week for him mm-hmm. is 12th player of the week award. Not too shabby. So tonight it's John Morant and the, the Memphis Grizzlies who play in a style, or their, their pace of play could create some problems for the Nuggets. Because one of the issues that the Nuggets have is that teams that play up tempo on them and can knock down some shots tend to put the Nuggets in a bad spot. That Memphis ranks 10th in pace of play this season when the Nuggets are 20th. Grizzlies are third in fast break points, but they average three fewer per game in games that they lose versus versus when they lose. Now, if the Nuggets can keep Grizzlies from running... Mm -hmm. Denver's got a really good shot at winning this one tonight.
2: Yeah, and if they can keep them slow them down a little bit, but the Nuggets are going to have to hit shots of their own. It's just not yeah. keeping the Grizzlies from getting out and running. Their Grizzlies are a top ten offense, a top five defense in the NBA right now in rating. You're not going to have to worry about Desmond Bain, but this is a game where, like Jaren Jackson Jr. the yeah. third, right? He's going to go off. For 25, 28. This is the game. The feeling that I have about this game is one of those games. Like, yeah, John Morant's going to get his, right? He's going to have 25, 30, maybe 35 points, but it's going to be another guy. Going to be somebody, uh, Brandon Clark, or something stupid like that. Not saying Brandon Clark is stupid, but some. Sixth man or you know third guy off the bench that's gonna go out there and get hot and he's gonna knock down
0: or Dylan Brooks gives him a yeah, you know a, a phenomenal more, performance yeah, yeah and then then his eighteen per gets game
2: to thirty one or thirty four or something like that that's kind of the feeling I have about this this game and the Grizzlies are good like they get out there and they'll they'll run more than some of the other Grizzlies teams have in the past but this is a game in the past the Nuggets would maybe win but it's like ninety-one, eighty-eight, right you're not they these yeah. games would never get north of 100 now the the grizzlies are they're a phenomenal offense but they're really good defensively i i don't really know how this is gonna go grizzly best team in the west right now
0: and you got stephen adams who yeah, uh occasionally like noted to, agitator uh, yeah likes to give you a little shot in the pills yeah. south of the border brings physicality to mm-hmm. that basketball team. And I think one of the things for the Nuggets lately though, obviously Jokic has been brilliant again. Aaron Gordon's living up to that deal now. That 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 trade yeah. they made for him. And you know, since he had the the covid, you know, the, the sideline him in November, he's averaging almost 20 points per game, 6 rebounds, 1.6 assists. He's shooting sixty-four percent from the floor. He's forty-five percent from three-point range right now, and so he's giving them a lot in terms of all-around performance, three-point shooting, scoring, rebounding, and with with Jaron Jackson Jr. the third, mm-hmm. you got a you know one of the better defensive power forwards. That could be a fun matchup tonight. The way Aaron Gordon's been playing against Jaron Jackson Jr.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they put Triple J, whether he's going to be up against Nikola Jokic because he plays a lot more minutes. I mean, Stephen Steven Adams is on this team, but he doesn't get the lion's share of minutes down in the low post. But Jaron Jackson's a really good player. Aaron Gordon's been on a hot streak. That's that's one of the more fun matchups. I mean, obviously, Morant versus Murray is going right. to be the one to watch. That's but, two superstars. But the other two, that'll be interesting.
0: All right. So, Dexter, call us today. Who do you want coaching the Broncos in 2023? Love to hear from you on that Nathaniel Hackett. Today. I know. If you want Nathaniel Hackett. Nick
2: Fangio, bring him back. Vance Joseph I, I, will need I, the job, I, too. I
0: still want Frank Reich. 737. Get it? Uh, get your text into us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Don't forget, Nuggets and Grizzlies tonight, 730, uh, with Jason Kosminski here on the team. All right, uh, we have Wyatt Thompson, our college football insider, coming up. We'll preview the college football playoffs with Wyatt coming up in just a little bit. Uh, probably start up. We'll just do one one of the uh, semifinals today. Mm-hmm. We'll do sure. uh, we'll do uh, your Buckeyes, yay! Yeah, we'll do your Buckeyes, Buckeyes Georgia. How about that?
2: Yeah, that'll be the easy, the easier of
0: the two. Then we'll do then we'll, to break down. We'll do Michigan TCU next week. Work for you? That works for me. On, yeah. on air production meeting. We'll yeah. do that. All right, so it's 7.37, and it's time for sound check.
2: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well,
2: in Garbage Time yesterday, we gave you Deion Sanders ranking his children, and just in case you thought it was made up, there's sound.
1: You know what?
0: You're my number one son. Right? Thank you, man. number one. Means a lot. Yep. Came along long DeAndre's ranked place. number two. Is she gonna have happy about that? DeAndre, you're ranked number two. Shadour's three. Charles four. Mm. And Bocce's five. Okay. Those are the new rankings.
2: Those are the new kid rankings. Deion Sanders Jr. is second, and his daughter DeAndra, is
0: third. But see, I want I want to know why. Or Deion why?
2: Sanders Jr. is first.
0: DeAndra is second. Did he think Shador did not did not do enough in the celebration bowl?
2: So there was something about grits that started this. They okay. were at like a food line, like a catering area, and Dion was getting a big bowl of grits, and Dion Jr. was filming this, and so I think that had something to do with the new rankings. Okay, not sure why uh, Shiloh is fifth or fourth. And then whoever's last is last, but Shadur, do I don't know. I don't Ace know. He's third.
0: But you, they kind say. of
2: surprised. Dion, not surprised that the child he named after himself is first. <laughs> exactly. And, and his daughter, who's also named after him, DeAndra, is second. Not at all surprised. I guess the, that's
0: true, yeah. It's the
2: other three I'm more interested in how he came to those rankings.
0: I'm just still interested in general. Is it purely that, that it's, I favor the ones that are named after me or similar to my name? Yeah. Is that the only reason why, or is there some other reason why? That is okay, then. Yeah. And I'm almost certain
2: that with Dion, his baby girl is going to be top two no matter what. I would think so. The boys are fighting for.
0: Yeah. Daddy's girl. Yeah. She's going to be definitely one or two. I'm surprised she's not number one, to be quite honest.
2: Um, I was a little surprised, but then it's, oh, Deion Sanders, Jr. That makes total sense. Okay,
0: now that's why he's number one. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back. And uh, Wyatt Thompson, our college football insider, will join us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while.
2: Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado
0: Sports Leader
2: the team
0: hey, hey, hey.
2: talking college football with the team's insider wyatt thompson on the jim davis show
0: with us right now on the chick-fil-a breakfast team phone line the voice of the can state wildcats our college football and basketball insider wyatt thompson wyatt happy holidays merry christmas sir how are you doing
1: well, i'm doing well just sitting here at my desk having a cup of coffee and looking at all of the notes that I probably feel are important for Alabama, K State, in the Sugar Bowl. How's that? That's a oh, in the morning,
0: right? Absolutely, A little game prep. Nothing like that. Um, <laughs> I know it. You know, when we thought and we graduated from college or whatever, or high school, that our, our homework days were over. And in this industry, you, you still have plenty of homework to do every week. You know, but it's but it's homework <laughs> that's actually fun that you enjoy doing. Um yeah. So before we talk about, I mean, today we're going to preview Ohio State, Georgia for the national championship final. We'll do Michigan-TCU next week. Cool. Uh, some takeaways from the, this Alabama-K-State uh, matchup that you're preparing for. For you, what are some things, one one note on each team right now that kind of surprises you in this matchup well, in Alabama and K-State?
1: That's a good question. I'm, I'd probably have to search a little bit for what surprises me about Alabama just because they're so consistent in what they do, they're very dominant at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, I would probably say in studying them, maybe the biggest surprise for me, and this will sound a little bit odd, is that I I, I think Jameer Gibbs, who's a second-team All-American, is as good as I've seen maybe this side of Bijan Robinson. He's better than I thought he would be. How's that?
0: Okay, that that yep. that's a, that's a good good point. What about on, I, on the side of your Wildcats?
1: Well, that that's that's probably a hard one for me too because, you know, I, I know them so well, and I think they're better than the the national perception, and yet they're ninth in the in the CFP ranking. So, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I would say is, that what what has been the biggest surprise of the year? honestly, is, is probably Will Howard. It's such a unique story because this was Adrian Martinez's team when September 1st rolled around and he did a really, really nice job. K-State wouldn't be where they are without him, and yet Will is the guy that, about halfway through, kind of took him to the finish line and, and won a Big 12 championship. And it was such a surprise for so many, at least in these parts, because of, of you know what he had done up up to that point, I don't know that anybody really gave any thought to the fact that you know maybe he could have improved from one season to the next, and boy, did he! I mean, it was it was one of the really great stories in a year chock full of terrific stories for this team.
0: So let's talk about the semifinal. You have your your top team in Georgia against uh, the number four team in the playoffs. That that's of course Ohio State, meeting in the Peach Bowl, mm-hmm. the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl on December thirty first. I think if you're in Buckeye, this is where you get, you get a lot of mic time here, Buckeye. Yeah. So this is your football team. These are your guys. I think one of the things that probably, if I'm, if I'm Ryan Day, I'm concerned about with Georgia, with his, foot, with his football team facing the Georgia offense, is that this Buckeyes defense tends to give up explosive plays, big plays. Mm-hmm. And, and Georgia certainly has the ability to make those plays on the offensive side.
1: I think that's perfectly said. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you have two really, really well-coached teams, very talented teams, but if you've studied them pretty closely, I think that's the one thing that sticks out. Uh, I would, When you said that, uh, I'm not saying you're not good at your job, but that surprised me that you saw that uh, because a lot of people, I think, miss things like that. And they have given up too many explosive plays. The Michigan game for certain um with that said i do favor georgia in the game and you probably aren't ready to go there yet but but that is in part and a pretty big part as to why i think they're it's it's nitpicking to say that georgia is more consistent than ohio state right don't you think i mean just based on what they've accomplished <laughs> i mean ohio state's pretty good too right uh, absolutely they to where they, they were a little bit off against a really good team and, and that's that's
2: kind of the difference. Ohio State, can they can out-talent a lot of teams in the Big Ten. You see that when they struggle with, like, Northwestern or Maryland to a point or Penn State. But they didn't out-talent Michigan. They also didn't out-tough Michigan. Did oh,
0: I lose Jim? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's uh, let's try sorry. to get – Buck, I was talking. I'm yeah, sorry. I, 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 I did his button here. Okay. I, I was My, just saying that's on me.
2: that – Ohio State can out-talent a lot of teams, especially in the Big Ten. They didn't really out-talent Michigan. They're not going to out-talent Georgia. And the problem I have with Ohio State is, at times, their lack of kind of grit and toughness. They seem to get pushed around by teams that have as much talent as they do.
1: Well, that's probably a pretty good summation, too, I would say. I, I uh, Again, we're probably nitpicking against what I think is a really, really quality team. Uh, but but I I think that's also a valid point. I mean they they have been so dominant in their league, uh, other than maybe a couple of games for for so long, you just kind of take for granted that they're you know what they are, um, and and that's probably unfair because it's so hard to maintain that over the long haul, which they've done. But that that too is, I mean. It, when you get down this far, there's not a lot of difference. And those little things that we're talking about today are, are probably the only real difference between the two. Can Ohio State beat Georgia? Yeah, I think they are capable, certainly. But if, if you're looking at, and I, I, I've always tried to look at it like this, consistency is the deal. And I, and I do think that there's something to what you're saying against the elite of the elite. Uh, they ha- they have at times struggled. That's more than fair.
0: We're talking with our college football insider, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, uh, Wyatt Thompson previewing uh, the Peach Bowl, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, uh, one of the semifinals for the college football playoffs, Ohio State taking on Georgia. And when you look at top-scoring offenses, both these offenses were top-10 scoring offenses. Ohio State at, at 44.5 points per game, Georgia 39.2 points per game. And I and I think that, that sometimes we we don't we know Ohio State can score with C J Stroud. There's yep. no doubt about that. I think sometimes we forget how good the Georgia offense really is. And I mean this is because their their defense has been so good. They had to reload from that that tremendous group from last year. But that defense is still an outstanding elite defense. I just think guys, sometimes we forget how good this offense has been. Stenson Bennett, I, I still don't feel like he gets enough credit, but but Kenny McIntosh is such a weapon on their offense. I, I just feel you know, there's, there's things about the Georgia offense that I think sometimes get overlooked.
1: That's probably right. Stetson is one of those guys that he doesn't wow you in any way, does he? He just wins games. And there have been other guys that have been on national championship teams that are kind of like that. Um, and I, I, that's kind of what I feel like I see now around him. They are really, really gifted. Um, <laughs> and again, I, I, it's really, I'm struggling with this a little bit because it's so weird to, to, to say there's this much separation from a team that's averaging, you know, 40 points a game, like Ohio state is right. You, you really, we all realize, I think, you know, how hard it is to, uh, to average 40 points a game at that level of, of major college power five football. And and here we are, Alabama, you know, everybody talked about, you know, saving politicking to get in and so on and so forth. And they average 40.8, you know, I mean, how much difference is there between Georgia and Alabama or Georgia and Tennessee or Georgia and, you know, whoever, not much. Uh, and, and I don't think, there's a ton of difference between Ohio State and, and Georgia, too, but that, that's what makes this so fun to, in analyzing it down to the nth degree because there are some differences. There's no doubt about that.
0: And, and I think let's talk about Ohio State for a moment. I mean, C.J. Stroud, yeah. what what an incredible season. I mean, Crazy. 37 touchdowns, six interceptions, and the the stable of receivers that he's had to throw the football to. And Jigba's well, been good. been you know injured and in and out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. He was really kind of their top guy. He's Marvin not Har- going to play. Not going to play. Marvin Harrison Jr. has emerged to have a thousand yard plus you know re- receiving season. has uh, had a, a great season as well, over a thousand yards. That you lose in Jigba, but you still have so much receiving depth on this football team. It's incredible.
1: How good must you be if Marvin Harrison is not considered your best guy? Yeah. That, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make here. That the, the razor thin difference between these kind of teams at the most elite level. Um, that's why I think people love this stuff so much. And, and you analyze it, again, to the nth degree leading up to this because there is a little bit of a break there. And, you know, I, I've seen Ohio State play four or five times, including the, the Michigan game. And I'm I'm just I'm not saying this to you know to benefit the Buckeye boy in any way, but on a, on a given day they can be anyone anyone including Georgia. The question will they do it on December thirty first?
0: Right, and I just I just That's think what and, it comes down to, yeah, yeah, and I just think the the one thing guys that that hurts Ohio State is the thing that we saw Michigan do to them. Sure, is be a more physical football team. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no doubt Ohio State has great athletic talent. No doubt about that. Physically, Did though, it Michigan beat. Guys, yeah, I,
2: honestly, that they were out physical. Um, it, I don't me a little bit. To, yeah, to that
0: to the degree that it happened. Yeah,
2: seeing it happen two years in a row surprised yeah. me. But I think the fact that they had 12 games between the two Michigan losses to kind of fall back into those habits of just being that much better than Northwestern, Indiana, Illinois. I think the right. fact that this Michigan game just happened may help prevent that against Georgia.
1: It's an interesting point. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue with that. I, I think you could see that play out. I, oh boy, I, I'm. I'm. I'm so excited for. You know, I mean, I'm really pumped up about the Michigan, TCU game too. Just from my Big Twelve bias, I suppose. But, you know these <laughs> these two teams, I, I think are. Really close. I'll be surprised if it's much more than a six or seven point game. Either way, you guys, what do you
0: think? Okay,
2: I could if if the Michigan storyline happens again, I could see Ohio State losing by seventeen. Yeah, I could Seriously? see them winning, but I if they hmm. just get pushed around in the first half, they yep. they got a lot of quit in them.
0: They've got to make explosive plays themselves offensively, and they got to find well, they- a way to limit what Georgia does. They've, they've got to keep. You know, they, they can't give up more than than a couple of big explosive plays in that football game to that Georgia offense. I, I'm I'm with you, Buckeye, in that they've 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 got to make big plays offensively. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know how you make a football team more physical with this with this in much five time. Weeks, exactly. I don't know how you do that, and, and so yes. that's gonna be the question: Can Ryan Day get his guys to raise their 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 level of physicality against Georgia? That's going to be tough. I I think it. I'm I'm with you, White. I think it could be a close game, but we'll see what happens. We'll see if we'll see how this Ohio State football team responds, how they're how they're challenged by Ryan Day after the way they played against Michigan. Well, and, they've
1: got to they've got to be more physical. Period. Where they stay in the game, from my perspective, is is just the explosive athletic talent. Um, that's there. But, but but yeah, with with that's why I say. You get down early, 10 nothing. you can't get discouraged because you're explosive enough. You can get back in it, right? But, but yet, they've got to probably play, oh, maybe a couple of percent better than they really are defensively, I think, to win the game.
0: Is that a fair thought? I think yeah. that's probably fair. Hey, Wyatt, we'll yeah. preview TCU Michigan next week. Have a Merry Welcome Christmas. Folks. Thank you so much, sir.
1: You got it, buddy. Great talking to you guys. That's
0: Likewise, right. take you. care. Wyatt Thompson, voice Kansas State Wildcats or college football insider. Hour two is coming up next.